And let's go to Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 12, and John chapter chapter 3. Oh, Myra Ferris has the flu. Be in prayer for those who are dealing with sickness, needing help and support. Is anybody thankful for the church? Anybody glad that we can gather here today and worship together? How many would agree with me that the day we're living in now, families are less functional as they used to be? Would anybody agree with that? That can make holidays kind of tough, you know? can make it kind of tough on people. Just last night, there was a, a shooting across the street here. During this beautiful time of Thanksgiving, everybody ought to be eating turkey and be asleep by 12 o'clock at night, tired, and turkey, turkey comas and food. But, but yet people will shoot each other. It's sad what happens during holidays. When our families are together, sometimes the worst things happen. But I'm so thankful that the church has become the safe refuge. And in a time when the family's falling apart, the church is growing. And if it had not been for the church, we'd really be in trouble. We'd really be in trouble. So today I felt led to just talk about the most functional family. The most functional family. Because maybe you're from the least. But today you're standing in and I hope you're a part of the most functional family. Right here in the church, in Jesus' name, Matthew 10, 36, if you can stand with me today, the word. Let me read a few of these and then we'll let you be seated again. Matthew 10, 36, if you're a guest, I'm so glad you're all here today. Make yourself at home. We can't wait to meet you. The word of the Lord says, Jesus speaking here, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I'm so glad he didn't say about nothing about your spouse. We don't want that causing an argument. We know it's not possible to do that. What he's saying is there, there are people in your household that will sometimes force you to choose them over him and you can't let that happen your own flesh and blood you can't let your own flesh and blood come between your heavenly father this is so important today and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me and he who finds his life he will lose it and he who loses his life for my sake will find it be willing to lose you really want to live, be willing to lose. Man, it's so liberating not letting people control you. But being led by the Spirit of God. Matthew 12, 46. Let's follow up the same theme. This is really powerful. Watch this. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, literally. His mother and his literal brothers are standing outside while he's trying to minister. And they're looking for him to come out and, and talk to him. But verse 48, he answered and said 
to the one who told him. He said, who is my mother? Jesus doesn't know who his mother is. He said, really, really, let's, let's think about this for a second. Who is really my mother? Who are my brothers? He stretched out his hand toward his disciples. He said, there they are. Boy, this messes up the whole family American dream, doesn't it? You've put your faith in American culture. You've put your faith in humanism, in people, people that are flawed, people that will hurt you. He said, you want to build a family? This is how you build a family. Verse 50, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. There is an alternative to your pain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is somebody to take the place of what you don't have. But it only comes from obedience to doing the will of our Father. There is no functional family outside of doing the will of our Father. We must all submit to the same Father. Our unity, our love, our function comes from submission to the same God, the same Word, the same belief systems, the same doctrine. Let nothing get in between us. Nobody, blood, nobody from genetics will come between me and the church. This bond that we are building in the Spirit is greater even your own mom. Are we in the Word today? You know that most murders and most pain happens on the holidays in families? Yeah. Is anybody thankful for the church right now? What would you do? Where would you be? Some of you don't have it. You don't have anybody to run to but the church. And as the days get worse, it may be the only place you have to run to. You better build with this family. Because this family here, this is a functional family. The only hope of a functional family is going to be from having the same father and doing his will. You want me to show you how you get in the family? Marvel not that I say unto you, John 3 and 3, Jesus said, to Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, you got to get reborn. You got to get out of that family that you're stuck in. You got to be born again. He can't see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, he can't get in the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, But I'm confused. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he go back in the womb a second time? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the flesh, Nicodemus. That's not even really a good family concept. Flesh and blood is not near as tight as spirit and water. Most assuredly, verse 5 and 6, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be seated. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he can't enter to the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is just flesh. Your, your family is just flesh. But if your family doesn't have the spirit of God, 
There's a missing link. There's a missing link. If your family does not have the Spirit of God, there is a missing link. There's a disconnect that will never come until your family has the Spirit of God. Blood is not strong enough. Nope. If you're born of flesh, it's just flesh. But if you're born of the Spirit, of the Spirit, that's what, the, that's what it takes to have a functional family. The right Spirit. Everybody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated today as we journey into the most functional family. Now, I share the same genetics with my blood relatives and family. It is no surprise when you look at some people, you can tell who their mom and dad is. Because we share the same genetics. We share the same physical features of each other. Some of y'all look just like your brother. Some of you look just like your sister. Some of you look just like your mom, even though you hate to hear that, especially when you're like 18. <laughs> you look just like your mom. I was like, okay. Thank you, I guess. I have the same genetics as my blood relatives, my family. I have physical traits from my parents. Some thankful for others I'm not I don't know which of my parents have the crooked toes I don't know how I got that I don't know I need to guess I need to inspect that further uh, but we carry on the physical traits of our our blood our flesh and our blood when you go to the doctor they ask you what's your family history they want to know if your mom or grandma had cancer because you might more easily get cancer. Doctors know that there is a connection to our physical family that it can carry over because of our DNA, our genetics, because of our blood, because that's how God made us. God wanted us to take apart from mom and apart from dad to create a brand new creation that would be similar to both mom and dad. But these are only physical features. There are people in this room today, I'm sure, that you maybe were never around, your mom and your dad, and maybe they were losers, and maybe they were broken, maybe they were crazy people, but you're sane and you're good, and everything's all right with you, because there's a lot to be said about the environment that we are raised in that shapes us. Just because you're born of two people and just because they lived and acted a certain way does not mean you're going to live and act a certain way. We were born in sin, and that's for all of us. That sin might manifest differently. You may drink because you were around drinking, but the sin is the issue. But what do we really carry from our, our parents other than the sin? We carry genetics, flesh. We carry the looks. We're close to each other because we've been connected over time and memories and vacations and getting up in the morning and breakfast. That's what makes family close. It's not the fact that we share blood that makes us naturally happy around each other. That's obviously not the case. 
It's obviously not our blood and DNA that makes us get along. Can someone say amen? Just because you have the same blood doesn't mean you're happy around each other. Just because you come from the same family doesn't mean you're going to automatically get along. You might look alike, but that's about all you have in common. We, we have this deep-rooted belief that family is everything. And I would argue, which family? You know, we, we love our kids because they're our kids. We feel responsible. We created them. It's a special thing. We love our parents because they were there for us. Usually more times good than bad. It wasn't always perfect, but even those of you who didn't have great parents, at least they, they made sure you lived. Didn't have to, but they did. And maybe you had some bad times, maybe you had some abuse, some problems, but you're alive. They must have loved you a little for you to be alive. They've sacrificed things. And so we love. But it's not because of the genetics that makes us love them. It's not just because we're blood that makes us love each other. We're not unified because we share the same DNA. Cain killed Abel before anybody taught him how to fight with your family. It was in the nature. Being blood doesn't mean anything. Family is choice. Being loving to each other is a choice. It's not automatic because you share the same genetics. You have to have something more than blood. Something more than DNA. There's got to be something deeper to make us function together. Being a part of these earthly families has produced great memories, but also horrible memories. Because the family unit, y'all, is so flawed, so messed up. Our culture has destroyed it. And we've let it destroy. And we're products of our raising, and we've got to reverse this concept around while we can. I don't know if really we'll ever fix American problems, but the church should be a safe place for people to gather and to function together. I, I can't go into your families like I wish I could just take the leg of a turkey and go slap every one of them during Thanksgiving and say, would you act right? You're fighting all the time. Treat each other good. And I wish I could, but I can't do that. But you're here today. And so there's one thing we can do if we can't fix the family problems and all that. We can make sure that you and I are functioning properly. Look, if you're going to lose your family, don't, don't lose your church. If you can't keep the family together, then at least work on the church. If you know you can't change uncle or aunt or sister or brother, then at least work on the church. Your best hope is people full of the Holy Ghost with the name of Jesus on them. If you want to really work on a functional family, then you need to get inside the church with people of like faith, of like doctrine, of like belief. And you need to anchor in with people like that because you might not have a good family on the earth, but you should have a great family in the kingdom of God. Yes, it's true. Now, they told us, be careful during Thanksgiving. We didn't argue about politics. People were giving us tips on how to deal with family. 
It's hilarious. This is how bad it is, y'all. It's so bad now that they're giving us advice on how to hang out with each other during Thanksgiving. If stressed, go outside, count backwards from 10, go back in, ignore all politics. Y'all, we're so dysfunctional. We have cue cards written out for how to live with each other. Breathing techniques. Therapy dogs. You you have a, a spread of food and people argue. You're there to see family you haven't seen in a long time and people still fight. Yes, they do. And so they tell us, be careful, don't argue about politics. And, and I just wanted to mention quickly what's happening these days with our family and politics. Politics have become moral issues now. Politics are not just about the economy. Politics are not just about the basics of, of us, like back in the day, Republicans, Democrats, and they, they worry about who spends money, what. That's not what it's about anymore. Now it's about whether, you, whether homosexuality is right or wrong, whether genders, whether there's two or whether there's a thousand, whether racism who really loves who, who's a hate crime and who's not. Y'all, it's become morality now. So my family didn't argue about politics. You know why? We're Christians. We agree on politics. Oh, how does that work? We're Christians. It's moral now. Politics or morality now. When you pick a side, you're picking a side of morality now. You have to. One side says kill the babies, multiple genders, homosexuality is okay. Other side says we're not about that. What do you mean you argue over politics? If you're all Christians, how do you argue? Now, you can argue over economy. You can argue over other things like that, topics, but you really can't over the umbrella of things because everything now is about morality. Everything now is about who's right and who's wrong ethically. That's where it's turned into. And this is why, y'all, this is why it's so heated now. And this is why I recommend don't talk about politics if you have non-Christian believing family. Because now it's about who's actually moral and who's not. It used to be we disagreed over money, but now we disagree over righteousness. Well, this is why people are fighting these days. This is why you got to be careful around family. Because they will fight you. Thankfully, I'm not really around people like that during the holidays. Our families fight because DNA, living together, and memories and vacations are not enough to unify us together to make sure we love each other. You see, we are spiritual beings. Your family are spiritual beings. They are. Now, they're not wholly spiritual, but they're spiritual. By the way, we're not trying to be spiritual. We're trying to be wholly spiritual. The devil is spiritual. Well, I'm a spiritual person. No, I'm a Jesus name, holiness, spiritual person. I'm specifically holiness, spiritual, Jesus, spiritual. You got family that's spiritual in all the wrong ways. So we're spiritual beings, your family spiritual beings, and the reason why there's non-functional families is because we face spirits. We're not, flesh is not eternal, we're spiritual beings. We say stuff like, but we're flesh and blood. You understand what you're saying? 
We're temporal. Our family connection's temporal. We will all be separated by heaven and hell one day. Heaven and hell. Family is not forever. Family's forever. No, it's not. Not if they're not saved. Not if they're not spirit-filled. Family's not always going to be together. Because we're spiritual beings. So how do you have a functional family with just flesh? The only way to produce function is to be in the right spirit. Y'all can keep on trying to fix y'all's family without the Holy Ghost. It ain't going to work. Y'all can keep on trying to argue and try to change them. How, how come uncle's doing this? How come y'all do it? How cousin doing this? You can't talk them out of it, y'all. It's spiritual. You can't claim, I'm family, treat me better. It's spiritual. You can't say, we go way back. It's spiritual. That, that spirit that's a hold of him, don't care how many memories you have, how many vacations you took, or, or how many diapers you've changed for them. It doesn't matter. They're flesh. They're carnal. They don't have a spirit of love and joy and peace inside of them. Don't expect them to act right. You just ought to treat me better. We're family. Family full of evil spirits is not going to treat you right. I know you're sad. I am too. I wish we could all just get along. But we can't, can we? So you can keep on choosing your, uh, your dysfunctional family as the God that you run to in trouble, or you can realize there is a more functional family. There is a most functional family. The kingdom of God is the safe place for people looking for a mom. The kingdom of God is the safe place for people looking for a brother or a sister. The greatest family bond is not one of flesh and blood, but one of the Spirit of God. The greatest family bond is those who speak of the same tongue under the influence of the same Spirit, baptized in the same name. We are the people of God, and this is the only way to create a bond is to have the same Spirit. To do the will of the same Father. So watch this. I'm his bride, but I'm your brother. I'm intimate with him, but I'm faithful to you. Hey, look, just knowing you're my brother lets me put up with a lot of mess from you. You know how you put up with some people because of their family? Be glad you're family. Be glad you're family. Y'all know y'all have said that before. If you weren't family, but yet you get the same Holy Ghost, get born again of water and spirit, have the same Father, people get in the church and say, I'm going I'm, I'm to destroy you. Y'all, we're more family than your earthly family. Yet you'd do anything for your flesh and blood, but you get mad over nothing in the spiritual realm. What are we doing? We don't have a revelation of truth. We're living a lie. This is my family. The church is my family, not the people from the nation you're from. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I am more this culture than that. You're carnal. You're not more American or more Mexican. 
What are you doing? Why are you doing that? You're not biblical. If you've got the same spirit as me and you've got a problem, you're racist. We're brothers. What are you doing fighting? What are you doing with the problem? We've got the same spirit and the same name. What's wrong with you? You're carnal. Quit looking at skin color or what car people drive or what side of the tracks they're raised on. If we both talked in tongues under the influence of the Holy Ghost, then we're brothers. We've got to protect our relationship at all costs. It doesn't matter where we come from, how old we were when we got born again in the Spirit. When we get born again in the Spirit, we're brothers, we're sisters, and we've got to stick together. Y'all, if we don't protect the church, there is no hope. You know why I'm doing this today? I'm doing this to protect the church because this is the last hope of the world. Everybody's families are falling apart, but let it not be said of those in the church. We are brothers and sisters at the highest level. There is no one more bonded than us. We share the same spirit inside of us. It's deeper than flesh and blood. It's greater than flesh and blood. tell you about family. Family doesn't have to always agree to be family. It's about birth, not personality. Thank you, Jesus. When you look at somebody that's been born again in the water and the spirit, you stop seeing personalities, colors, race, and background. You see somebody blood-bought. You see somebody Jesus died for. You see somebody that has the very same spirit that you have. How do you attack somebody that has your same spirit? Hey, watch this. We share the same spirit. When you hurt them, you hurt yourself. Anybody else in your earthly family, you can go slap them and not feel a thing. Because flesh don't feel from one to the next. But when you hurt the spirit, I've got that in me. You are hurting yourself when you hurt the family of God. And you can tell who doesn't really belong to the family of God when they're cool hurting everybody. Because if you're really in the family of God, it hurts you to hurt somebody else. Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. You're not really in the family of God if you can't feel it. You know why we're functional? You know why the church has hope? Because we feel things that we do to each other on a deeper level. Like it or not, we're family. Hey, you better learn to like people that have the Holy Ghost. You better learn to like people that are baptized in Jesus' name. You better figure it out because you've got the same spirit. And no matter what it looks like, we've got to work it out. We've got to fix it. We've got to pray until something shifts because we are brothers and we're sisters. And we owe it to each other because of our birth to work it out. Y'all, we've been born again in the same family. A spiritual church does not see colors and make decisions off of, well, you probably are this or you're probably that. We don't see personality. Well, they're loud or they're quiet, so I can't know. We see spirit. John 3, except a man is born again in the water and spirit, he can't even see the kingdom. 
When you're not led of the Spirit, all you see is flesh. But when you're led of the Spirit, you see the Spirit behind it. It's not your brother. It's not your sister trying to attack you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against spiritual high places, evil and darkness, that's what's behind every battle. And that's why if you'd ever learn to get together and pray together, we would fix the spirit behind it all. We don't sit down and talk through our problems. We pray our problems out. We gather together and we pray because we've got to get the right spirit. I've never helped anybody with a bad spirit. Never. As a pastor, I've never helped anybody with a bad spirit. I've never had a good conversation with somebody with a bad spirit. The only way I've ever gotten through to anybody is when we both had a good spirit. That's it. You know it's true. You can argue to your blue in the face. You can throw all kinds of threats at them. You can't change their mind unless they have a right spirit. And that's why the most functional family, the church, is people who are run by the Spirit of God doing the will of our Father. It's the only way to have function in this last day we're living in is to have the same submission to the same God. Now, I, I realize today your earthly family is usually your most reliable source to bail you out when you're going through a tough time. But you need more than a ride to work. You need more than someone to fix your fence or watch your kid. You need someone else besides someone who can let you live there for a couple months. Because you can have all of that and still be broken inside. I just need family. For what? Well, you know, to keep me alive. A little longer. You can have all of that and still be broken in your spirit. You can have somebody that's flesh and blood that gives you food to eat, a place to stay, a car to drive, and yet they offer nothing spiritually for your soul. You tell me what's more important. The house they let you live in, the car they let you drive, the food they give you, or making sure you go to heaven. We've got to see the church as the most functional family. We have to stop looking at earthly people, earthly things as the best. We've got to look at the kingdom of God and say, you know what, I need more than someone to let me just crash for the night. I need someone to lift me up when I'm down. Someone to preach Jesus to me in my storm. Someone to encourage me and hold my hand because I don't have to have a place to live, but I've got to go to heaven. I don't always have to have a nice meal on Thanksgiving, but I've got to go to heaven. I've got to prioritize the things of God over everything else. I want to be in the most functional family. I want to be in the church. I want to worship with the church I need the church need the church thank you Lord and if your earthly family truly loves you they'll be happy for you that you're a Christian you ever had your family get jealous because you spent too much time at church do you even love us look you ain't gonna convince them you cannot convince them they will make you feel like trash because you've got another family. But they don't understand. They're just flesh and blood. But what we have, it transcends flesh and blood. What we have is eternal. What we have, you can't see with flesh and eyes. What we have is deeper and greater.
Don't you ever let your mortal family, your fleshly family, make you feel bad because you put God first. There's a new trend, y'all. Let me pastor for a minute. There's a new trend where when family comes in town, you miss church because family's important. Which family? Now, I get it. Their plane was late. You have no choice. Go ahead and do it. You don't have a choice. You had not seen them in five years. Go ahead. See your family. That's fine. But when you can pick Saturday or Sunday, and they tell you Sunday, you say, nope, sorry, we can do Saturday. Oh, you're going to choose your church family over? Yeah. That's my real family. That's my spiritual family. Oh, they're going to buy your gas, and they may not buy my gas, but they'll pray with me when I got an evil spirit inside of me. Oh, they're going to help you get some more live. They may not do that. They'll do more for me. They'll make sure I get to walk on streets of gold. You give me my earthly mansion, they'll give me my heavenly mansion. Don't you let them threaten you. Don't you let them make you feel sad because you go to church. They don't understand. Let me tell you this. Why would they ever want to be a part of the church if you'd always miss it for them? You know, the best outreach tool is, I ain't going to that. I got church. Well, who do you think you think you're better than us? Look, that's the lie of the devil. That's the accuser of the brethren. You don't listen to that spirit. You just stand your ground and say, you don't understand what the church did for me. You don't understand what I'm going to get when I get to church. You see, we just cave in so easy because we think we need them. Well, I got to keep my family right because that's my family. Jesus is just rocking worlds. If you think we're having problems being a good family nation, he talked to the Jews 2,000 years ago. They were very family-oriented, much more than us. Everything was family to them. And he said, don't you ever let family come between us. Don't you ever let family be number one. Let me me try to hurry and, and, and get through this. I don't have a message today for you creating peace with your ungodly family. I wish I could because that would be nice. And I hope that you never give up reaching your family because we love them. They are our family. But I don't have a message today or a method for you to go and automatically save everybody that's flesh and blood because that's their choice. Their free will As much as you love your mama and your brother and your sister, you can't save them. Stop trying to be their God. And let God work. Hey, let God work through you. Yeah. Let God work through you. Let the Spirit of God use you to reach them. But you can't make them, and it's not your fault if they're lost if you do everything God says to do. It's not your fault. Don't love them more. Then you love God. Don't get all this what if they go to hell stuff. Love God. Seek him first. Trust the Lord. Yeah. Don't let that get a hold of you. There, I know people that they will not believe a doctrine because it will make their grandma who's been dead 20 years go to hell all of a sudden. Look, grandma's either in heaven or hell. No matter what you believe today, it's going to change that. So take care of you, friend. Take care of you. Let, let, let grandma be in the arms of a just, merciful God, and you take care of you. You hear a doctrine a day, you need to get to the altar and pray through. Don't, don't do what grandma might have done. 
and turn your back on a chance to get saved. Our family has way too much power. And I think that's what Jesus was saying is, I'm the father. I'm your family. I'm your creator. I'm the life giver. I'm the only reason why you're here. I brought you in this world. I can take you out. Literally. Yeah, he did. can't make your family do anything, but I do know that God built the church to be the most functional family you will ever experience. And when we do his will individually, we become family spiritually. Our unity with each other suffers very badly when we're out of obedience with our Father. And the reason why there's church problems is because there's, we're people out of obedience to the will of God. That's it. But they treated me this way. What does your Father say to do? But they hurt me. What does your father say to do? Not what does your brother say to do. What does your father say to do? See, we, we measure the wrong way. We must do the will of our father to be a family. If we would all submit to the will of the father, we'll get along and be a functional family in the kingdom. And we'll love this thing we're building together. But only if we submit to the same thing. We have to. We don't fight each other. We don't fight flesh. We pray together. What did the first church do all of the time? They gathered together and they prayed together. Something happens when we pray together. Where do you feel comfortable praying out loud with people? Around your table with family? Do you feel comfortable doing that? Can you talk in tongues with your family and just go all off and just, ah? Do you feel comfortable doing that? No. Where do you feel comfortable really opening up? Where can you really be you? That's your family. When you can be yourself. When you can really do what you want to do, that's your family. Let your hair down and relax. That's your family. The church will not survive, will not be functional if we're not praying together. There are a lot of things we don't need to talk about. We need to get the will of our Father. Well, let's just have a meeting. That doesn't work a lot of times. Got to do the will of our Father. If you can't hear, hear the will of the Father, you don't need to hear the will of the brother, the will of the sister. That doesn't matter. We must get together, join hands, and hear the will of the Father. The reason why prayer works for unity is because we're not dealing with it because it's spiritual all anyway. It's not personality. It's not what side of the tracks we grew up on. It's not the color of our skin. It's not doing the will of our Father. And the reason why prayer together works is because when we all began to join together and seek the name of Jesus, the will of the Father begins to flow through the members of the church, and all of a sudden, we begin to feel unity. This is why we must pray together in the kingdom. We must join hands and pray and call the name of Jesus out. 
We must gather together and pray. We don't have to say words to each other, but we've got to pray together. We don't have to always talk about our problems, but pray together. It's amazing what changes when you get together with somebody you're mad at and say, let's just talk to the Father. What are we doing trying to fix stuff alone? Who do we think we are? We don't have a problem. We have a problem with him. If you can't treat your brother right, you have a problem with God. Because God's the one that told you to do it. This is why we must, if we're going to be functional and make it in the last days, y'all, we must unify in prayer. We must learn to get together and have prayer meetings. We must learn to talk to God about our problems. We've got to stop when we're mad at each other and say, let's pray. It's amazing what changes in the atmosphere when we pray. Tell me one thing our Father can't fix. Tell me one thing He can't fix if we'll ask Him. He said, or two or three are gathered together in my name. He said, I'll be in the midst of you. He said, touch and agree, and it'll be done. Name one thing our Father can't fix if we won't engage Him, involve Him, and bring Him in. He is the glue that keeps our family together. We've got to do His will and submit to His ways. We've got to know the Word of God and pray together. Our frustration with the family is always connected to our disobedience to the Father. Always. Always most functional family should be the church. It is the church. Now, in my closing today, I, I typically don't like people running from church social issues. Typically, I like to see people in a perfect world buckle up and fix things that are wrong. That's what I think's right. Yeah, you agree? We've got way too many people listening to the spirit of the end times saying, go find easy. I just listened to a podcast on the way home from Thanksgiving, Andrew. Very interesting. It was about a man who basically said he did some studies on how easy we have it here in American culture and how it's bad for us. And he actually proved it that we're too comfortable. It's the reason why we're sick. It's the reason why we're always hurting. It's the reason why we're having problems because we actually have it too good. We don't work for it. We, can just, we don't have to go hunt it or gather it or hike for it. And he literally said that we're worse off because we have it too good. And I believe it. We lift a 20-pound box or something and we break our back because we're not used to doing it. Our kids go outside. They touch a grasshopper. They get a new disease. I think all of our kids have that one. It's called the jump around a whole lot, don't stop disease. We, in our American culture, can't take suffering, can't take pain, can't take hard work, and that's why we have value issues and insecurities because we don't earn anything anymore. We don't work for it anymore. We don't suffer anymore. We want everything easy. And I do not think it's the will of God for the church to have it easy. But I just want you to know we've got a spirit to fix anything. We've got a spirit to overpower anything. If we'll engage it and use it and, and talk to God, he can fix any problem. And so I don't really like it when people always try to avoid their problems. 
I can tell you right now, it's bad for you to avoid it. But you can fix it today if you'll say, let's pray about it. Whatever it is, if a husband and wife will agree, let's pray about it. If the mom and dad and the kids will agree, let's pray about it. Our problems are spiritual, not flesh and blood. We need a spiritual intervention. Now watch this. The first church was not organized by styles of preaching. The first church was not organized by what kind of pastor you had or didn't have. The first church was organized by locations. If you read the letters in the first church, you'll find out that they wrote the letter to the city, not to the church on the east side of town or the church on the west side of town because there was only one church in the first church. Whose church do you go to when you get mad? You're stuck in the same church. The first church didn't have the luxury of getting mad and leaving. first church was so together there was no other way no other place to go when you didn't like things well we've created a culture and in the modern church where you can pick the flavor that you want you can go find an easier pastor that's one that's one beef i have with our our ministry is that we don't agree enough we all so divided i can't stand that god help us fix that because of our divisions we've got flavors of christianity where you can run all the time if you don't like something. But you know what God's going to do? I'm going to tell you what God's going to do. God's going to unify the church in the last day more together to where you won't be able to run. You won't be able to hide anymore. I'm telling you what's already happening right in the last days is God is talking to men of God and he's trying to bring us more together because he knows, the Lord knows, we've got to have unity in the last days to reach this world and we've got way too many divisions among us, way too many sects, way too many sections and parts and God wants us to bring it the church of Austin. The church of Austin. The church of Austin. That's what God wants. God wants us to unify, not run, not escape. He wants us to deal with the issues in prayer. What do I do? How do I make it practical? How do we protect this church? How do we make sure the church is functional while our families fall apart? Here's what we do. Number one, we ask the will of God, and we do the will of God. How do I do the will of God? I want to do your will. Whatever you say, God, I want to do it. I don't care what it costs me. I want to do your will, God. Because if we can all say that prayer, we become brothers, we become sisters, mothers to daughters. We become the family of God when we're led of the Spirit, born again of water and spirit with the name of Jesus on us. We create an atmosphere that can't be taught. No family will touch it. And this holiday season, I felt the Lord say to me, he said, get up there and tell them I want them to be a family. I was just studying recently this week and that word family jumped out at me I began to see it so clear and I think it's because the Holy Ghost wants us to unify while we've got time while we're still here while we're still together the Lord wants us to unify because we can't count on flesh and blood anymore y'all families are killing each other now killing each other I want to look up what happened across the street I want to know if somebody shot a family member or a friend 
Because a lot of times that's what happens. It's family related. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? We're going to get in here and we're going to be spirit led. Holy Ghost led. We're going to love each other regardless of what we like about each other or not. We're going to love each other, pray together, and make ourselves get over it because we are the last functional organization in the entire world right here on the church. This is worth fighting for. This is worth praying about. This is worth our energy. We can fix this one. We can't fix that one, but we can fix this one. We can have a healthy church. The kingdom of God is healthy. It's healthy, y'all. I might be unhealthy, but the kingdom is healthy. Now, maybe, maybe you don't feel what I feel, and maybe you could care less about having a healthy place to go to. Maybe you got it perfect and your family loves each other. Maybe everything's easy for you. But, y'all, I don't get to be around my earthly family a whole lot. They're far away. Maybe some of y'all get to see family during Thanksgiving easily right down the road. I can't do that luxury. we got to plan and schedule and get everybody together. It's hard for me to be around my earthly family. But you, maybe you don't have it like that. Most of my week, most of my days, all I have is you and Carla. Some of y'all are falling asleep by the wake you up. Does anybody else understand the necessity of protecting the unity of the kingdom of God and the people of God? Is anybody else feeling what I'm feeling in the spirit today that we've got to at all costs put aside racism, culturism, financial situations and say we've got the same spirit and if you don't feel connected to the church, you need to go to the altar today and talk to the Father because the Father can give you a spirit that will help you love the church, love the brothers. Let's all stand today. I just want to obey the Holy Ghost right now. God wants to minister in this place to somebody. I feel like there's people right now that you didn't get what you wanted out of Thanksgiving. It let you down. I feel a spirit of letdown on somebody right now that you went to Thanksgiving, you didn't get what you expected to get out of a nice, joyous occasion. That's because God's trying to pull you deeper into the kingdom right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to call you to the kingdom and not to flesh right now. God is trying to draw someone in right this moment because you have put your hope in earthly vessels. It's never going to be enough for you and your family. It's never going to be enough for you. People will never satisfy us. But if we can get close to the Father, God's going to unify us. There's way too much division in our world. There's way too much hate in our world. Our own family, our own flesh and blood is, is, is fighting all across this world, all over this nation. And yet here we stand with the ability to create a utopia in the spirit. Why would we not want this? Why would we not want to create this? Everybody's desperate for attention and belonging. And yet the answer is, bow your knee to the Father.
Fall in love with your brother and your sister. And let's build a family that functions the right way. Y'all, we mesmerize the world. We mesmerize the world. People, people don't even realize how different we all are and yet how the same we are. We are the we are the strange oddity of the world that we could gather male, female, different cultures, black and white, different uh, uh, social uh, uh, levels, different ages, and yet we have the same spirit. How did we get that? We got that born in worship. We got that born in prayer meetings. We got that born in Bible studies. Uh, that's what links us all together. It's the Father that joins the family. And we've got to stop saying, what about them? Get your eyes off of your brother and your sister and ask the Father, what is your wheel? What is your wheel? And you'll begin to join with each other like never before. You'll build bonds like never before. You ever been around a church person didn't feel like you really were enjoying yourself? I guarantee you that was someone who just went to church. Not somebody that was led of the Spirit. The difference is not I want to hang out with people who go to church. The difference is I want to be around someone who has the same Spirit as me. If you're uncoupled around me, it's because you don't have the right Spirit. No reason to fear anyone that has the Spirit of God. If you're willing to change and be something you don't have to be afraid but if you don't want to change then we don't have the same spirit the spirit of God in me wants to change us wants to change us wants to make us new wants to unify us together our problem is we don't have the same spirit the question I pose today in closing as we end this message is what family do you want in the last days to be there for you the one talking you out of being faithful to God the one telling you to make sure you have enough money for retirement and not your spirit going to heaven. You want someone there to be there for you, to give you a place to sleep when you, when you need a place to sleep? Is that all you want? Is that really what you need? Or do you want to belong to the church that says, I'm going to help you get those streets of gold? I'm going to help you overcome your depression problems, uh, your suicidal thoughts. Uh, I'm going to pray with you until something breaks and shifts. Uh, I'll fast with you until you get over that spirit, over that lust. Uh, what kind of family do you want, AFC? Do you want to build the kingdom of God? Do you want to belong to the kingdom of God? Because that's the question right now is can we not answer to our Father today and make sure that we are building a functional family for once? So many divorces, so much suffering. We don't have to do that here. We won't do that here. This is the church. This is the kingdom of God. Let's lift our hands and love him together right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the kingdom of God. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the most functional family. Thank you, God, that in this season, everybody's getting together, but there's no joy. We, we just eat together. We endure each other. We just we talk about the weather. But God, where is the real people that love us? Where are the people that truly care about our eternal salvation at? They're right here in this room. If you can begin to pray, then we can unify together. If you can begin to seek the will of your Father, we can unify together. If you can join with somebody beside you, then we can unify together and we can build the most functional family in the last days.
while everybody else is falling to pieces, we can come together in the kingdom of God. Here's what I want us to do today. If at all possible, if we could all come down to this front and begin to pray through our differences, pray through our personalities, pray through not hanging out with each other enough. It's okay. It's all right. We didn't get to see each other at Thanksgiving probably. You didn't get to eat turkey with me or me with you. But if we could come down here together and begin to join together and begin to call the name of Jesus together, then God can build us together. God can encourage us together. God can let us comfort one another. We can do something spiritually that you didn't get with turkey and dressing. We can come down here together to the front together and join and pray and speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, you couldn't get this at Thanksgiving properly. You couldn't get the strength from brothers and sisters uh, over your turkey, but you can get it right now. You can get it right here. You can break open faith. Uh, you can talk to your Father in heaven, and he will, he will bind you together with your brothers and your sisters. Come on, let's be a functional family. Let's be a functional family. Let's be a family that loves each other. I don't have to be around you all the time to love you. I don't have to see you all the time to have care for you. The body of Christ cares one for another. Let's pray through this. Let's be spirit-led. Let's get in the realm of the spirit of God so that we can be unified together. So we can have peace in our lives, peace in our homes, peace in our families. It all comes through the Spirit's leading. It all comes through doing the will of God. It all comes through joining in prayer. There's nothing our Father can't fix between us. There's nothing our Father can't fix in the kingdom. If we'll just let Him work, let Him speak, He will unify us together. A brother to brother, sister to sister, we are the family of God today. And as you pray, you begin to feel a burden for somebody beside you. And as you pray and you say, God, let your will be done, all of a sudden you begin to feel drawn to pray for somebody else because the Holy Ghost leads you. The Holy Ghost pushes you. The Holy Ghost takes you on. Come on, our Father will tell you to go to somebody's house uh, and play games uh, and go somewhere and visit. Uh, the, whole, the Father will tell you how to love each other. It'll tell you to pray for somebody else. The Father will lead you. The Father will use you. We've got the same Spirit. Come on, let's obey the Holy Ghost right now. Let's be full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of food and you filled your flesh, but right now feel your spirit. Feel your spirit. We're the family of God. Don't go through this by yourself, brothers. Don't face your problems alone, sisters. Find somebody full of the Holy Ghost and say, will you pray with me until... Pray with me until we get past this thing. 